Jock Podcast. I'm the Fitz, once again, joined by my co-host and Hawk Jock creator, Ryan. What's up, man? Oh, not much. Uh, sounds like we have all kinds of fun things to talk about tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. Some uh, And one definitely unexpected thing that, that we didn't expect that would ever happen. Um, <laughs> and it came by, I mean, it, there was like no chatter about it. Nobody expected it. And then it just blows up and, um, we'll get more into that later. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just spent the, if I sound a little bit kind of out of sorts, I spent the last hour trying to hunt my dog down at the dog park because he wanted, he thought we were playing a game and, uh, Fitz uh, wanted to go that's home. All right. He's a good, he's a good pup though. Yeah, he is for the most part, but he, uh, jeez, <laughs> man, he's still maybe a little angry, but yeah, I mean, it is your dog, so yeah, I got lucky. This, that this makes nice lady, she uh, stopped and and helped out and used her dog to kind of get him to to come closer. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, it, it took us, dude. I'm telling you, man, like twenty, thirty minutes at least, and it just got to the point where I just started running away from him because then he'll chase me. And I got him to, so I was running as I had to grab him. So I'm proud of myself. Hey, I'm just proud that you, uh, that you ran. Hey, come on, man. (laughs) Uh, Jeez, rough. All right. Well, like you said, we got a lot to talk about. So, um, let's go ahead and start off with the most surprising news of the week. Uh, the, Border war is back. What were your first thoughts when you saw that come across Twitter? You saw it before me. Um, did your mind explode? What happened? I mean, yeah, a little bit. My mind was a little. Uh, it, it, it did explode a little bit. I, I never. I mean, okay. So I did think that the the border war would come back. I really did. I I I've thought it for a long time, but. I never thought it would come back now. You know, I thought it would, you know, I thought it would still be another several years before it ever came back. I never thought that this, this would be when it came back. And, you know, I didn't, I figured it would take a bigger, a longer hiatus than this, but yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty stunned, but I love it. I'm somebody that has always wanted it to come back. I know that there are a lot of KU fans that, absolutely hate the fact that we're playing Missouri. Um, but I'm, I, I have so many friends that are Missouri fans that it made it fun for me. Um, I didn't, I have a lot of Missouri friends. So, so all of us can, can talk about it and, 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 you know, BS and give each other crap. And it's not, uh, it's, not like it is, and if you don't have a lot of Missouri friends, it's very, very. It, it is there is a lot of hatred because there is there is so much hatred. But with having so many friends that are Missouri fans, I just I enjoy having that over them, beating them. I, I and it's it's fun. It's fun for me. I, but I do hate a lot of Missouri fans. I hate ninety eight percent of them, but I don't hate my actual friends that are Missouri fans. So I'm. I like it. I hate, I, your, I hate your friends I was that are surprised. Missouri fans. I, was, I'm, I can't wait. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it was it was definitely unexpected and pretty exciting to hear. And you know, most of the people that um, are upset about it are really just bitter that Missouri left for the SEC and ended the rivalry because it was them that ended it after they left. Um, you know, so people are really just kind of like it's still it still stings. You know, because it was a big time rivalry, both in football and basketball, especially when both teams were good. I mean, it was just, it was intense, man. And it was tough, uh, tough to see it go. And so I understand why why fans are, are upset, but uh, you really shouldn't brace it at this point because it is something that we didn't think we would see for a long time. Now it's back. There's going to be those games, those great games. Um, fans at each other's throats it's going to be crazy intense i love the setup where you have two in lawrence two in columbia and two at sprint center although i hate the fact I, we always play really bad at sprint center so um that kind of scares me a little bit uh, but yeah i mean i think it's a, it's a big deal and it's it's pretty awesome um i guess what do you think as far as um bill self and i mean do you think that this was, he kind of started this process or do you think Jeff Long um, brought it to him and said, Hey, what do you think? Or do you think Jeff Long kind of forced Long and said, Hey man, we're going to do this and you have to be on board. I mean, I guess because the people think that self didn't want this to happen. I know that he has said that he hasn't wanted, he hasn't wanted it to happen. Um, and I'm stuck somewhere in between uh, the fact that, you know, Hey, he wants, he wants a rivalry again. You know, this, we try to fake the, the K-State rivalry and, um, it just, it doesn't work. It's not, we're more their rival than they are ours. I feel like <clears throat> I just being, you know, around KU fans during K-State games, it's not the same. It's not the same. Whenever we talk trash on K-State, it's not the same. We constantly just call them little brother, sit down, things like that. Whenever it comes to MU, when people start talking trash, you know, we, it's, it's more of F you and we hate Missouri and we hope, um, we wish everything terrible on you. So I, you know, I, I, I think, I, so it's, I'm, I think that's a little bit that Bill Self enjoyed saying that he would never play Missouri again because it got them so mad and so riled up. Uh, and I don't know if that was necessarily always true that whenever he said it, sometimes I think that Bill Self might have just said it just to get people riled up. Uh, but I do not think that Jeff Long would have ever went over Jeff or would have went over, over Bill Self's head. I just, I don't think that's the case. I do think that in the future and, and eventually I, I do think that Jeff Long and Bill Self will probably, um, clash some, but I don't think that he would have ever went over his head. I, I think that, I think that Bill Self is probably excited to do it again. It was such a huge deal. It's such a huge deal to our fan base. Uh, it's, it's such a huge deal to uh, any, any rivalry. It, you can say what you want about the UNC Duke rivalry, but it's 
it doesn't compare to the to the KU MU rivalry. It's just different. So I, I don't know. I just don't know. I just I do think that Bill Self was probably on board with it. I, he's probably thought about it for a while. Uh, maybe got rid of some of the bitterness that was between the fan bases because in 2012 that fan uh, the, the the fans were so bitter towards each other it was it was bad i mean it was bad people were fighting all the time i know that there i know that there's a lot of hatred but hopefully we can appreciate now what what it was we can embrace what it is going to be and it's and hopefully it's still Obviously, we know that it's still going to be huge. It blew up all over Facebook and Twitter. And obviously, like I said, I had a bunch of MU friends and they're, they're blowing up about it. Like they can't wait. I, I don't know. It's, I, I think that Bill Self is, is on board with that, on board with it. And I think that he's going to embrace, embrace it for what it is. Yeah. I, I don't believe for one second that Jeff Long, basically said, hey, this is going to happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. I Itself didn't want it to happen. It was not going to happen. So, I, you know, I do think that Jeff Long came to him probably and said, hey, what do you think about doing this? You know, do you think you'd be okay with it? Um, and probably laid out some positives and said, hey, you know, if we did it this way, you know, we could generate some revenue or, or fan interest or, or create that rivalry that you guys once had. And, and I also think what helps is the whole FBI and NCAA violation crap. Because I tell you what, it's there's a new fire inside of Bill Self. And it probably helps that he has this new fire inside of him. And he's like, you know what? While we're fighting the NCAA, why don't we go ahead and just bring back the Mizzou rivalry and screw them too? You know, let's, let's beat up on Mizzou while we're getting beat on by the NCAA, you know? So I think a lot of that has to do with the timing of what's going on with, with KU right now. And somebody brought up, I think it may have been Nick Schwert or somebody that brought up a, a good point that said, um, you know, if KU gets penalized with all this stuff, then they have a chance to shut up Mizzou fans by beating them while they're penalized. Like how, how perfect would that be? I, yeah, that's that's a good point. I did not see that. I don't know. Did he tweet that out? Is that what he did? It was it was, him, it, was, it was it was him or somebody somebody else that had it said um, you know interesting timing with this because um, it had to have been Nick Schwartz because he had so many takes on this. I mean, he you it's like a storybook on his Twitter, and he went back and forth. <laughs> he was like for it, against it, for it, against it. I mean, it was just. He was all over the place. I mean, if you're think if you want to look at any point that anybody could possibly have on the border war, I'm sure he tweeted it out. Yeah, probably. And and you just said it. Um, this is not border showdown. This is border war. Let's just let's make it, let's say what it is. I know that they said that it's the border showdown. It's not a border showdown. It's a border war. It always has been. Always will be. I'll never call it a border showdown. Uh, but another thing, talking about that, since you brought up the, you know, any of the allegations and things like that coming up, the next two years, uh, to our 2020 and 21, 
2021 and 21-22, um, those two are going to be season ticket holders uh, if you have because the sprint the, the first the first game is going to be even if, though it's at Sprint Center is going to be a KU home game. So you're going to get that in your package with it being a season ticket holder for football or sorry, not football, basketball. Um, and then the next year is going to be in Lawrence. And so that's going to be on your season tickets for basketball. So if we have any allegations or any penalties that come up in the next couple of years, you're still going to be able to get that MU game. And maybe that has something to do with it as well, because that's going to make people want to buy those, make sure they buy those season tickets, even if they, um, even if there's penalties that come down that we're not able uh, to play in postseason or anything like that, obviously nothing's came down yet. So I, I, I hate to say too much about it, but that keeps people excited and they get to go to that KUMU game at Sprint Center or or in Lawrence for the next two years just by having uh, season tickets to KU basketball. Um, and I think that might, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know if you've thought about that or I don't even know if you've heard that part of it yet. Uh, but I, that, that could be part of it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot to it. You know, this conversation, I'm sure <clears throat> people have to understand that this conversation and all this planning didn't just happen overnight. It took a lot of planning. It took a lot, you know, to make sure both sides were happy to figure out where the games are going to be played, all the logistics. So this isn't something that just popped up out of nowhere. And, and Jeff Long's like, oh, hey, by the way, Bill Self, we're going to be playing Missouri again. No, there was a lot that went into this. And there's probably a right. lot of things that they they uh, took into account, which is some of the things you said, probably most of the things that Nick Schwartz said. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things that, that went into this. And um, I mean, what's the best way to shut up a Mizzou fan about the whole FBI or they say FBI, but it's no longer FBI. FBI didn't find anything. They say that we're victims. It's the NCAA that we're up against. But they want to talk trash on that. What's the best way for KU to come back and just say, we just beat you with a roster right. that, that can't even go to the postseason? And just, right. I, I mean, yeah. imagine if we just keep beating them with a team with like Bill Self goes and gets like Juco guys or two and three star players. And we keep beating them. What do the fans have to, to stand on? Nothing. Like, I mean, go ahead and make fun of us, but we just beat you and there's just nothing you can do about it. So, I mean, I think that plays a part and that's what I'm excited for. I'm not excited for getting penalized. I hope we don't get punished, but I mean, it's, I think it's kind of an inevitable at this point, but it's just going to be fun that both our rivals, little brother and Ms. Ooh, uh, if they start talking trash, we have a chance to shut them both up just by beating them. And I can tell you, yeah, if Self absolutely. is here, if Self is here, he will make sure he does anything in his power to beat them. I promise you. Oh, absolutely. And the, you know the the argument that I always hear um, with this game is that what does Ku what does Ku gain by this? Yeah. But I mean, if you think about it. What is uh, – okay, so this year, here's what here are the teams that we played that are non-conference, that are non 
Power Five, UNC Greenboro, Monmouth, East Tennessee State, UMKC. I I think there might be one other one in there. So we are going to take out one of those games and put MU in that in there. MU is going to be higher ranked than any of those teams. MU, they, their ceiling right now is probably from anything I've heard is a seven or eight seed in the tournament. They're going to be in the tournament. Yeah. But there's, I mean, obviously their floor is going to be to not make it. I don't know much about them. I don't pay that much attention. It's just what I hear on the radio. That's all I ever know about them. But these these schools that we're going to have to – these other schools that are not even in a Power Five, they have – most of them have to win their conference just to even get a bid to play in in, in the tournament. So, yeah, it, we, we gain another Power Five team – on our non-conference schedule, it, it does a lot for us. Now they're not going to say, oh, they played in their non-con, they played Villanova and Colorado. You know, that's, that, which is who we play this year. Um, and then obviously we have the Maui tournament and who knows who we get to play in that. But we're adding another power five to our, to our non-con schedule. And there's, that, there is good in that. There is going to be good in that. I'm, from everything that I hear, MU is going in the right direction with their basketball program. No, they're never going to be uh, – I don't think they're ever going to be a team that's going to be a uh, uh, one or two seed in the tournament, but neither is Colorado, and and they're, and we're playing them. I, you know, when we played Nebraska, neither were – they they weren't one either. Uh, Texas A&M, they, they're not either. So it's just – we we play we have a big east challenge we have the sec challenge we have the preseason tournaments where we usually have to play two or three games adding mu in there is only going to be good and that's and and i don't understand that argument that it does no good for us it does do good for us if we lose then we lost oh well who cares but if we win we have another win against a power five team yeah I think it'll be a little bit more than if we lose, we lose. People really want to win this game. Well, <clears> I mean, okay. So, <laughs> so, yes, between KU and MU on each side of the line, yes, it is. It will be different. But whenever, whenever we are, you know, whenever we're getting seeds to the tournament, you know, it's not, it's not going to, it's, if we lose to one of these other teams, that's going to be huge. If we lose to MU, a Power Five school that gets into the conference, it's or the, the tournament, it's it's not going to be as big a deal as if we lose to one of these other schools. Obviously, we play them all at home, but it's going to suck for us if we lose. But God, the upside is so huge. If we if we win, if we win five out of these six games, that's massive for for us, and that and we can tell MU fans to shove it. Yeah. And and I'm sure that after these six games, they're going to probably renew it and continue it as long as everything goes well and both sides are, are happy. And if we win all six games, Mizzou could back out and be like, oh, we want more money. If you're just going to beat up on us, we want more money, you know, so who knows? Um, but yeah, 
Either way, it's exciting. I think JoJo's growling. Um, yeah, he's barking right now. <clears throat> he's that's how excited he is about the border war. He's even he's he's <laughs> chiming in a little bit. Um, but either way, the border war is a it's a good thing. Uh, a lot of positives. It's going to bring back that fire, that passion from both sides of fan bases. The games that we witnessed growing up with KU Missouri have just been epic, and we miss that, and I think Bill Self misses that. Um, fans, most KU fans miss it. Um, there is a pretty good number that just doesn't care. They don't want to play Missouri, but that's fine. Um, once we beat Missouri, I think they will get that hunger back as well, and and they will learn to accept that we're going to have this um, this rivalry. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, oh yeah, I mean, I, we I think we talked about this at one of, on one of our podcasts, maybe way way back. I, I, it wasn't the it wasn't the basketball because they've talked about how this is going to hopefully move into other sports, but I mean, we remember how excited we were whenever we beat Missouri and what uh, was that? Oh um, wait. And, and football, when, uh, whenever reaching through that, that pass to, to carry Meyer to, at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you were at my house, and it was me and you and our buddy, I think our buddy Jason, which is at a lot of our tailgates as well. Um, and, and we went out and we started chaining Rock Track Jayhawk at the end. I mean, we, that, that's, I wouldn't have done that if it was a K State game. I wouldn't have done that if that was a Iowa State game or Oklahoma State game. No, and I and you wouldn't have been in my house to probably watch it. You wouldn't have drove from I don't know if you were in Lawrence at the time or not, but you wouldn't have drove there just to watch that game. It's it's a different feeling. It's a it's a great feeling, and I cannot wait to see it. Uh, I can't wait to see it in basketball, and then I can't wait to see it expand because if once it gets to Arrowhead and football, I'm ready. Absolutely, and I'm sure it'll eventually get back to to football. It'll there's just <clears throat> too much revenue to to miss out, and I'm pretty sure that game. I may have walked into your your house, and there was some Backstreet Boys or NSYNC going on. I can't remember if that was the same the same night or not. Um, the chances are like likely. I'm not real sure. <laughs> I can't guarantee anything. My roommate, my roommate at the time, always had uh, um, NSYNC on. I'm pretty sure. It was either NSYNC or, or, or Blink-182. It really went either one. And <laughs> it could have it, it could have been one after the other, for all I know. <laughs> yeah, who knows. But, I yeah, and that was probably one of the first few times that we actually hung out. And uh, I, I think it was. Yeah, so I was like, I walk in and I'm just thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> but we watched the whole game on yeah. that not very fantastic TV because it was 2009 and we were – Broke-ass kid. <laughs> yeah, but it was awesome, man. It was, yeah, it was incredible. But yeah. Or 2008, I guess. Yeah. More of those more of those times ahead for sure with this rivalry. So um, embrace it and have a good time with it. And if we win, you get uh, a year's worth of talking trash to Mizzou fans. Can't, uh, can't yep. hate on that. So um, Absolutely. But we uh, have some other news we haven't talked about. Um with Texas, uh, KU going to Texas and taking them to the brink, um, almost winning that game. They should have won the game. 
Um, we haven't gotten to talk about that game yet, have we, right? I mean, it's let's see, Wednesday. It's we, just, we have not. Okay, yeah. For some reason, it feels like it's been decades since that game. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. That's because, that's because we're so excited. We cannot wait for Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's just crawling to Saturday. So, but man. Yes. Did you get a chance? I know you had, I think you had like a golf tournament or something, but did you get a chance to actually watch the game? Yeah, my golf tournament was at 11 a.m., so I was, I was back watching it. I, I got back to watch it. I was back by 5, 4.30 or 5, so I was able to watch the whole thing. Yeah, it was, it was great. I, I, man, whenever they, uh, KU went down 14, well, they went down 14-0, I think, right, is, is how it started. Uh, and they, and then they, and then it was fourteen to three, I believe, is is how I remember that going. I haven't, I haven't went back to rewatch it. It was fourteen to three, no matter what. Man, but I, I, I really thought, oh man, here we go. This is, this is, this is going to be it. This, this isn't what I expected this week. And man, I was, I was amped up. I was jumping all over my apartment. I was, I was. I hadn't been that excited at a K, for a KU football game for a while, um, especially on the road. And it, yeah, it was. That was. I, I I hope that there's more to come. Yeah, and it's <clears throat> that's the scary thing is you just you don't know. I mean, people, um, you know, can get excited about it, and we we haven't seen KU football put together two good games in a row in a decade. So until that happens it's hard to expect it. So, um, Brenton Dearman is different though. This offense, obviously he's, he's doing something. The BC game had all his fingerprints all over it. Um, Boston college game. And we won that game easily. Uh, Texas. I mean, we, we took him to as close as you could get. Um, you know, so yeah, obviously Brenton Dearman is a huge factor, um, in this offense. <clears throat> The defense obviously is a bit of a bit of a concern. Um, Texas, they have a good offense for sure, um, but the defense it just our run defense is just not good at all. Uh, it's it's pretty much it's a pretty big concern, and Big Twelve teams are going to be looking at that and they're going to be running the ball on us and they're going to force us to try to stop them, which is going to open up the pass game and um, you know it, it, our defense it has a lot of work to do as we sit here um, more than halfway through the season. So that's kind of what I got on the defensive side from the Texas game. If, if we get a couple more stops on defense, or even, obviously just one, um, the very last um, uh, drive that Texas had, then obviously we win the game. Um, you know, so that that's definitely yeah, a bit they, concerning. They marked down the field 60 yards in 10 plays in a minute 11. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, yikes. They also got helped out from uh, some poor clock management on the clock <laughs> operators. Yeah, but that's true. But, that's, you know, I, whenever you're a team like Kansas um, that's been kind of a bottom feeder for a while, and especially in the conference, maybe not all the way every year, but you're not going to get those benefits. Just like – just like some of these teams that come in to KU basketball and play, they're not going to get these benefits. They're not going to get these calls. Um, and, and that it's going to happen. It's going to happen for a couple of years until we prove that we are, are worth it. And we're worth those calls and we're worth, um, 
uh, were worth wins. And I don't know what all happened there. I did read the article. I don't really know, but uh, that's that's rough. Whenever somebody, whenever they go sixty yards in in a in, in a minute, eleven and ten plays, uh, yeah, that hurts. That hurts. It does. And there was a couple points where we think we were going to stop them, and Sam Ellinger. I I for some reason I just cannot stand him. He just looks like a big dumb baby. <laughs> I don't like his face. Yeah, something with his face. Like if he took his face off and like put on a different face, I might be okay. It depends on that face that he put on. But I just I cannot stand just looking at his face. Tom Herman, he's a dirt bag. Same thing with his face. Like I, his face just I don't know. Some of those two. I don't like him. Yeah, <laughs> I've but, never liked him. And that's why, man, this win would have been so sweet. And you just knew, though, when KU got that two-point conversion, first off, I was nervous. What did you think when, when they decided to go for two? Like, were you thinking, oh, no, why? Or were you thinking, yes, no. that's the right choice? I, I thought, I thought, hey, you know, it's all or nothing at this point. I, I was excited that they went for it. And talk about that. What a freaking play. Oh, yeah. And it was so, like, the play it was, was simple. Wide open. Yeah, the play was simple, but... You saw how they drug um, uh, Stefan Robinson, and they had three defenders that followed one guy. And then Charlotte just sneaks in the back there, and he's just standing there. Nobody around him. I mean, you're like at the two-yard line. So, I mean, the defense is going to be pretty pretty packed in. And for Dearman to know that three defenders, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he didn't, obviously he's not psychic, but he I obviously knew that there was a chance, a pretty good chance, that those defenders would follow Stephon Robinson. I think that was Stephon Robinson. Um, off there, he did just like a short route, a short out route there. Um, and it just left Charlotte wide open, man. I mean, just unbelievable, unbelievable play. It, it just, yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever I, whenever, <clears throat> whenever we scored, I said, I, I'm pretty sure that I said out loud, uh, this is going to be left miles here. And what I meant by that, if I didn't say it out loud, I at least said it in my head because the people that were here watching it with me, which was my wife and her father, they didn't really give a damn what <laughs> I said at that point. Um, so I might have just said it in my head. But, but I, what I meant by that was that it's Les Miles. And he, he's known to, to take these chances. And when they scored, I knew that I, I – I didn't think Les Miles was going to go. I'm not even give them another opportunity to. I'm going to take the lead, and and now they got to go beat us. And that's what I thought. That's what he did. And well, unfortunately, <laughs> that's what Texas did. Yeah. But damn, it gave them a scare. There were a lot of uh, uh, a lot of people in the stands that that were. They were pretty nervous, and you could tell by the way they were all hanging out. And whenever we scored, they were there were a lot of nervous people in the in, in the stands, and a lot of sur- surrendering cobras. What's that? A lot of surrendering cobras. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. There were a lot. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. And that, but that's we have to start somewhere, and that's a great place to start. I mean, we've got to make these teams nervous. We're not going to win. All of it, all of it in one year. We've got to be competitive. So, 
I I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed seeing that. But okay, so if you and I talked, I think I'm sure it was on. A, I I know that I'm sure that it was on a podcast too. But you and I talk every day, all day, pretty pretty much. Anyways, but I think we probably talked about it on a podcast as well at the beginning of the year, and we said our main goal for Kansas is competing. Yeah, this year we competed the hell out of that game. Well, we took but it. Did you yeah. feel so heartbroken and so torn down? Like we just got our asses whooped after that game. And just like the feeling, not that we actually got our butts whooped, but just like the feeling, like so heartbroken and so so down after it, even though we just lost by two to Texas on a last-minute field goal. It was a different kind of heartbreak. You know, I mean, it It, it was. It sucked. I mean, I will be honest. Like, you know, people say, you know, I, I, you know as long as we compete and we stay in the game, we have a chance to win, you still want to win. You're still going to be upset that you didn't win regardless. And you still have that heartbreak. When it's a game, if that would have been like at um, Baylor or something, it wouldn't have been that big a deal. It was the fact that it was at Texas, a ranked team, where we've never beat them in Austin, and it, there was just so much on the line, and we were so close. With a, a minute eleven in the game, we had a we had the lead. So, you know, it 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 there was that heartbreak. It was a different type of heartbreak that we're not used to feeling um, as KU fans. So it was definitely refreshing to feel it, but it. it it didn't make it really any better so much. I mean, it, they're, they're just different levels of heartbreak. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I mean. Like, <clears throat> now, maybe if we would have never led the game and it would have been 48 to 50, maybe that would have been a different feeling. But I felt like, like my heart just got ripped out. Yeah, and Texas shouldn't have. I mean, that last drive was, was pretty hard to watch just because – Again, they went 60 yards in uh, a minute and 11 seconds. And, you know, it's, and they were so close. KU is so close. And you, you're sitting there thinking, you're like, well, Texas has been running the ball all game. They can't run the ball here, at least not much. You know, they're going to have to pass the ball. And, you know, sure enough, they, you know, Sam Ellinger made a couple escape maneuvers, which is what he's famous for. And, uh, you know, KU had to take that chance of, of putting that extra de- uh, defensive back back into coverage and to not sit up there and not have a linebacker up and, um, and watching Sam Ellinger. Because, you know, if you, ha- if you have one guy spying the quarterback the entire time, uh, it, there's a risk that you take. There's a risk doing either one. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, Ellinger, he, he exposed us in that area, and he's just he's good at getting out of uh, pressure and, and making things happen. and. I mean, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for him being able to do that, Texas doesn't win that game, um, you know. But he, he's good at that. As much as I want to punch his face repeatedly until it looks different, <laughs> um, you know, he he is good at that. Well, and then and then after the game, it got me thinking about you know the points that we left out on the field. We missed the field goal in the in the first quarter, and then that that uh, PAT in the fourth quarter that got returned, that three-point swing. And there's just little points that, that just 
I think made it worse for me uh, that we should have won. We should have won that game. Yeah. But you know, now that now that it's it's Wednesday, I've I've calmed down a little bit. Um, it's it's refreshing to see. And if we can continue to do that, if we can continue to build on this, because in the past years, we see these peaks and valleys. Our peaks are, I don't know how high they were, I guess, but our, our ceilings were, were not real high, but, but we ha- would have good games. And then the next game would be at, at the floor. And then, the, and then we'd slowly build back up and then it would be, a feeling, and then we would drop straight back down. Like you said, we've never had two consecutive games like this. And I'm, and I'm hoping, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to put everything into perspective now with if we can put together another game like this that's up close to our ceiling. It doesn't have to be our ceiling. I think that Texas game, our offense, that was probably our, our ceiling for this. Uh, this 2019 squad. I don't know if you agree or not, but 48 points. Obviously, we that's what we scored against BC. That's what we scored against Texas. I think that I think that kind of bodes well for saying that's our ceiling. But if, even if we take one uh, one half or a half a step back from that, just being close to that level two games in a row is going to mean something huge to me. And that's going to be the biggest step forward than just, it's going to be a bigger step forward than just that Texas game is having two consecutive games that are good, that we play well. And that, you know, if we score in the forties again or high thirties, that's going to be huge for us. And that's going to be huge for Kansas. That's going to, that's going to mean a lot to me. Um, because like I said, one game is one thing. Two games is a, means com- something completely different. Yeah, I mean, because we've had we've had those good games um, with Beatty or those breakout games, you know, that makes you think, oh, hey, things are going to change, and then obviously they don't. So <clears throat> it's going right. to be very important that we have two games in a row where we're like, and this year it's been like that too. We had the game against BC. What happened since? I mean, we've just been getting pushed around. So um, until this Texas mm-hmm. game, when we had that. Um, the offensive coordinator change with Brent Dearman stepping in and we go to Texas and almost pull off an insane victory. So uh, this Texas Tech game is the most important game of the year so far. Um, if we can come in and play a great game and even win, man, that's huge. It's going to be massive. It's going to be massive. It's a 6 p.m. game. It's homecoming. It's we just came off a heartbreaking loss, which I don't know. I don't know if I've actually, I, I can't remember a game in the last, let's say 10 years that I felt that type of heart, heartbreak for a KU, bat, or a KU football game. For me, it was the Missouri game. When Missouri was number one and KU was number two, that was the last time I felt that type of heartbreak where you just... And that was that was twelve years ago. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the last time that that I really felt that type because we were 
we were in that game and, you know, we had a chance to, to tie it, I think, um, with a, a final drive. I think we were down like eight points or something or seven. I don't know. Um, and, uh, it, you know, <laughs> the whole grass. It didn't helmet. work out. Let's not, yeah, let's yeah. not go get too crazy into that because <laughs> but, that's just heartbreak. Yeah. Again, but, but I mean, yeah, it, it just, it kind of reminded me, obviously that heartbreak was more than this Texas game, but still it, it kind of brought up those old feelings. You're like, what the hell are these? Yeah. Yeah. It was different. <laughs> it was a it, like you said, it, it was a different feeling. It was a heartbreaking feeling. There's just, KU did some things that, uh, during that Texas game that, that, that definitely need to be fixed. Uh, our, our special teams obviously have to be fixed. And our defense, uh, hopefully, I, Texas and Oklahoma are, they're, they're the best two offenses in the conference, I, I believe. My computer's been down all, all day, so I have no idea if that's actually true, but I feel like it is. And those are the last two teams that we played, but our special teams, I feel, really, really killed us. Uh, like I said, we had missed field goal. We had a blocked PAT that went back for two points. Kick three kickoffs out of bounds. It's just terrible. Um, so... Yeah. We're ranked 114th in special teams in the country out of what what is it 130 teams. Uh, that looking back on all of it, that that hurt. So hopefully we can correct some of that for this Texas Tech game at home, for this homecoming game, and we can we can put two games together in a row. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> Brent Dameron put up 48 points without help from defense. Or actually, he did get some help from the defense. He did get some help. Can't say that because they got an interception. They got a fumble. Um, so the defense did help in, in that area. But without special teams, man, it's tough to keep that offense going when your special teams is just crap. you know. And it's tough on the defense too. I mean, the, the defense, two, like you said, two kicks out of bounds or two or three. Like, why was that happening? Why was he kicking it out of bounds? Like, what was he kicking a bowling ball or something? I don't understand what he was doing. Um, and I mean, yeah, our special teams this game, it was almost like they didn't do any special teams and they focused only on the offense, which is okay. Uh, looking at the outcome of the game, I guess, because our offense looks so good. So maybe they needed to put that focus on the offense to make sure we came out looking competent. Um, but also at the same time, it's what killed us, the special teams, because – um, one field goal and we win that game, you know, or it puts Texas in a point in that last drive where they have to actually uh, get a touchdown instead of a field goal. And I don't think they get the touchdown. Um, they just wouldn't have enough time. So, and, and less miles, less miles teams are usually very good teams. teams. Yeah. So that's what kind of really threw me off. And I, they probably did, like you said. They, they maybe they focused a lot on the offense because the offense was not good, and and they had to put in so much work on the offense. Maybe they did let a couple of things lapse. But the thing with Les Miles over coaches that we've had in the last ten years is that Les Miles can see what where our deficiencies are, and fix it. And he's and he's tried. He knows how. He saw that offense wasn't good said, well, offense isn't good. 
let's bring somebody else in. And we scored 48 points. And he knows, and I, I, and from his press conferences, he's not happy with that last drive, obviously. No matter what the play, or the play clock was, he's not happy with that. So there's some things on the defense that are going to be fixed. Les knows he's a good coach and he knows what to do. He's letting the offense go. He's letting it go, obviously, with this Texas game. Hopefully he does it this coming week. He knows what to focus on and what to fix. And I, and I have faith in him. And I think that's why he's here. And I don't think you're going to see a 114th ranked special teams team this, or this week. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to fix the things that, that weren't going too well. And, um, he knows that those, if those things would have been going the way they had been going, um, then we win that game. So I'm just imagine, you know, we could have really, we could have beat up on Texas because their defense had no answer for our offense whatsoever. We didn't really have an answer for their offense either. Um, but I mean, if we had a couple answers, um, and we did at points, you know, so, I mean, it wasn't like our defense did nothing. Um, they just didn't do enough. Um, you know, when your offense puts up 48 points, you expect to win the game every time. Simple as that. And you should, if your offense puts up 48 points, you should 100% win that game. Um, but those, those things are going to be fixed. Um, uh, special teams and defense. There was, so. there was 50 points scored in the fourth quarter. 50. Yeah. That's pretty insane. So on, <laughs> that's yeah. nuts. That's why, I, that's why I was jumping around the freaking apartment like a madman. Yeah, because a lot happened in that fourth quarter, so it was it was intense. But yeah, yeah, let's let's move past this Texas game. Let's get on to Texas Tech. Um, so so hold on before this before this. I'm sorry, I just <clears throat> I just saw a tweet, and I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out, and we don't have to spend much time on this at all. Um, maybe maybe not everybody will see it by the time this podcast comes out, um, but. Mitch Lightfoot will not be playing exhibition games this year, and it looks like he probably will redshirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that um, <clears throat> tweet earlier. When I, I think I was at the dog park or something. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't been on Twitter a whole lot, but I just thought I'd toss that out there, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for the team, for the team. That's yeah. great. It'll be good because we don't, you know, with these – violations, you know, or whatever the NCAA thinks our violations are, whatever they're making up, um, you know, whatever punishment they decide to give us, it'll be nice to have a, a senior leader coming back next year, um, you know, that has all that experience. Because Mitch, I think next year, we'll get to play quite a bit because we're not going to, I mean, we're going to lose pretty much all our bigs besides him, I feel like. So um, it, it'll be right. nice to have at least one back. Um, for sure. So, yeah, that'll that'll definitely be good. But I think I think I think we have several NBA players on our team right now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, which we'll get into all that. So uh, we'll get into all that after the the exhibition games and before the Duke game. <clears throat> we'll get into who we think's going to the to the league and stuff like that. But I think it's probably a good thing for the team. I just saw it. Uh, just wanted to talk that out there, but. Go ahead, uh, Texas Tech. Sorry. Yeah, so um, Texas Tech, I mean, again, this is the most important game of the year uh, at this point because we have to put two games together. Um, 
you know, we, we have a good game against Texas. And now we got Texas Tech, a team that is viewed to be, or really is, on even on the stat sheet, one of the lower teams in the Big 12. So if we're going to get a win in the Big 12, this is going to be our best bet. It's a great time to do it, to give us that momentum, and we're to continue this momentum coming from the Texas game. Um, Texas Tech, their offense is, they have their backup quarterback in. He's he's okay. Uh, he's not Alan Bowman, who was Texas Tech's um, uh, original quarterback. That guy's a freaking, he can sling it all over the place. Um, you know, so that'll be, you know, kind of a good uh, a plus for us. Um, Texas Tech defense, they're okay. I wouldn't say they're any better than Texas's defense. So really, on paper, this is definitely an easier matchup in Texas, uh, especially going at Texas. Um, you know, so if you want to look and say that if KU puts together the same performance they did against Texas, they should win this game, uh, and even by a touchdown or two. So um, I know it's saying a lot. <clears throat> we don't want to get too confident, but what are your thoughts on this game? What are you thinking? Well, <clears throat> like you, like you just said, I, I think that if we play close to the way that we played Texas, I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good game. I I I think that the, these teams are a little bit closer than than maybe we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Uh, maybe maybe Texas Tech is a little bit better than what we what we thought. Uh, a couple weeks in, uh, after, you know, their starting quarterback went down. But I, I, I looked up a couple of things here. KU offense is ranked, uh, 84th. Tech defense is 75th. Uh, Tech's offense is 59th and Kansas defense is 106. So, I really do think that this is going to be a pretty close game. I, I know that uh, a lot of these things are, a lot of those stats are changing now just because, you know, we are in the middle of Big 12 season and you're going to see a lot of, a lot of those things change. But I, I've, I have said all year that I think that, well, I don't know if I said all year, the last <laughs> four or five podcasts, I guess. I said that I think that Kansas is going to beat Texas Tech. I do, I do still think that. And, um, I do think that Kansas puts two games together in a row, something they haven't done in the last 10 years. Uh, and, and they come out and they, they smack them in the mouth real quick. And I, 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 I hope that's the case, but I really, really do think that that with this new offense, this new kind of swagger that maybe they might have gotten from that Texas win, maybe that bitter taste in their mouth uh, will make them come out and, and play well. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to definitely be hungry for sure. And and this team, you know, they have a swagger about them, you know, and, and especially that offense, man, they were confident, dude. It was – it was weird to see. It was like they had been like that all year. They came out just so confident and so just level-headed. And obviously, it didn't go as smooth the first couple drives, but they didn't give up. They were down 14-3 or 14 nothing at that point. Um, had missed a field goal, and then they 
they get a chance to kick a field goal. They kick the field goal. They make it that time. And it wasn't an easy one. I think it was like 40 plus yards. Um, you know, so you're thinking, man, this could really go south because uh, we don't have an answer for stopping Texas. The defense steps up a couple times and then the offense just comes out looking like, and it, you know, it's different than that Rutgers game. You know, when KU beat up on Rutgers, that was just kind of like accidental. You know, it, the offense really didn't look that great. It was just Puka just ran everywhere on them. Um, if Rutgers was just that bad, but the, you know, this offense is, it's just, there's something different. It's that swagger, that toughness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter Stanley looks like a completely different quarterback. Um, he looks like a guy that should have been starting from his freshman year. Um, you know, and he probably should have, if he would have had the right coaching staff. So, um, he's turning into a quarterback that we're going to miss, you know, that we're, we're going to be sad about losing because we're going to have to replace him. Um, but yeah, this tech game, um, you know, if we can bring that same swagger on offense, uh, it's going to be a fun game. You know, it's going to be another high scoring game on both ends. Um, you know, and I think it's going to be close either way. I still can't pick Kansas to win. Um, because again, going back to the, we haven't played two games in a row, um, two good games in a row. So, uh, it's just hard to, to give us that when we haven't done that in a decade. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, as far as keys to the game, what do you think Kansas has to do um, on offense and defense, just kind of together? What what do you think the, the main keys for the game are in order for us to to pull off an upset? Well, I think the biggest key of the game is not to get, and this is key to uh, key of the game. I don't know, a couple weeks ago for me as well, and I and I still believe it because it's still happening. Not to get out to a zero to fourteen deficit. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, if we wouldn't have done that, if we would have scored on one of our first two drives, it would have been completely different because Texas, I believe, they marched right down the field and scored fourteen points. That is that is huge. We have to score on one of our first two drives. We can't we can't keep Playing down 14. I mean, we're, we're at this point, we're we're giving up 14 points, and then we're playing three quarters. That that's that's a huge thing that that that's killing us. And I and for uh, for defense, I think I, I I think it's we have we have to tackle. We, we, there's so many missed tackles, uh, and I feel like I'm talking about the Chiefs right now, to be honest with you, uh, other than that Broncos game, but I'm, there's so many missed tackles, uh, you know, we need the first, the first defensive player to hit whatever offensive player it is needs to make that tackle, not the fifth. And I feel like that's what, what, what has happened a lot. Uh, and it happened, it happened during the Texas game. Um, and if it, and if we would have made those tackles, it happened a lot in that Oklahoma game. There was, a, there were a lot of missed tackles. Uh, the tackling was better in the Texas game, but we still need to be, be improving, improving. But those are, those are two huge things. Uh, and, and we, and, and then side note, we can't kick the freaking ball out of bounds. If we're going to score 48 points, we can't kick three of those out of bounds afterwards. 
we can't give them that that yard. That's huge. That's massive. And Texas Tech, they they can score. They can score points too. And it, it, we can't just let them go at, at from the thirty-five to forty-yard line. That's that's giving up way too much field position. Yeah, I, th- I think <clears throat> special teams is a big one in this one. Special teams alone, if it plays to their capabilities, we win the Texas game. So I think that's a huge thing this game to make sure that short up um, from punting the ball to field goals, extra points. I mean, everything on special teams was just not great. Um, if those things get taken care of, so we, we take advantage of field position. Um, when you're kicking the ball off, you're not kicking out of bounds, giving the other team an extra uh, 15 yards or so. That's huge, and that's tough on the defense to have to deal with that, um, especially when they're getting beat up all game. You don't want to make it worse on them. So, yeah, those things have to be shored up. Um, offense just has to keep doing what it's doing, build on what it did last game. Defense, they're going to have to tighten up on that run game, on the run defense. So I don't know how they're going to do it. <clears throat> I'm not a defensive expert, but some way, somehow, they have to stop the run because Big 12 teams are going to come in and just keep doing it against us. TCU did it. Uh, Texas did it. Oklahoma, they just passed all over us. I mean, it's just because it's Oklahoma. Their offense is so insane. Um, There's just nothing you can do about it. But, um, yeah, we have to to figure that out. I I think that um, at the the first podcast of the year, our season preview that we did, I think you talked about Gavin Parker. Gavin Potter, he had a hell of a game. Yeah, he was on my um, <clears throat> newcomers that they would play, and, and I wasn't sure if he would play just yet. I mean, it, that position obviously put a chance out there that he would play because it it's pretty thin. But I'm really surprised we haven't really heard a whole lot from uh, Stephen Parker. Has he really played much? Is he – I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I'm just not I, paying I, attention I as much. I have his name. I haven't seen his name much. Obviously, like I said, my computer is out, so I can't look him up. But he's he's not done enough for me to to recognize him. But I I, I recognize and I I saw Potter this game. He he played his ass off. Yeah, he played great, and we're gonna need that, you know. And um, with Drew Prox being out, our he was our main, our you know our our middle linebacker, you know, the main basically the quarterback of the defense, and he's likely out for the for the year. So that's a huge role for right. Gavin Potter to fill, um, and he's done fantastic at it. Looks like a natural, like he's been doing it for years. So that's huge for us. He has to keep that up. Um, but, yeah, overall, got to stop the run. I think we want teams to pass on us because we have all that talent in uh, the defensive backfield. Um, so if we can get the teams to, to pass, then I think uh, that's going to set us up for, for success. On, on the defensive end and, and just overall as a team. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But we do have the advantage. We have not played well at home uh, this year, so which has been really weird. Usually it's the opposite for every team, is you, especially for KU. Uh, you play better at home than you do on the road. Kansas has played bad at home in the past and then worse on the road, uh, which is not what you want. This year uh, we've played – bad at home, mostly bad on the road, but then we've had two games where we've just been out of our minds. So um, we have to bring that to a home game. And I think if we do bring that to a home game, obviously 
it's going to be a completely different atmosphere. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Us not playing good home field um, advantage. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of odd to me. Mm-hmm. I I think I don't know. I I I think some of it has to do with just maybe less didn't know what he had going on at the at, at the point at that point. You know, we did lose to Coastal Carolina. If we would have played, if we would have had Britt Dearman at the beginning of the year. And I know that he probably wasn't ready, which I'm fine with that. That's fine. But we would have smoked Coastal Carolina. We would have, I mean, they might have had seven points total. We would have smoked them. I, I think that he was just getting everything going, trying to figure out what he had here and what he had there and what coaches are what and, and things like that. But I, it is it is a little disturbing, but I this is at this point this is a different team than what what we had for the majority of the first six games, and I, and I do credit most of that to Brent Deerman, and I think that Les Miles he's smart enough to know to know that, and I think that I think it's going to be different this game. I really do. I don't really know why that's the case, especially whenever West Virginia, how many, I mean, we had the biggest crowd we had since, what, 2012 or something crazy like that. So he wants to win. Les Miles knows the importance to win and, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna let, he's gonna let it fly. Uh, it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different this game. I have faith. I'm on board. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it'll be different too. It, it <clears throat> that you know it was disappointing to come off that BC win to come and play West Virginia, and the offense looked like just a just a bad offense, the bad offense that we were used to seeing. So um, this game won't be like that. We have Brent Deerman. He was the one that had his fingers fingerprints all over the BC game. He didn't have his fingerprints on the West Virginia game, and we noticed that. This is different because he is the offensive coordinator now, so um, it will be different. Offense is, I think, is I'm confident it's still going to look good. The defense is going to have to step up. Special teams, especially, is going to have to step up, um, and I think those things will happen. Um, but speaking of that, let's get into predict, uh, predictions here. Um, <laughs> this is always tough. Um, I'm going to have you do yours first. I'm not sure mine's going to be a favorite. <laughs> yours. You already said you're not you're yeah. not picking KU to win. Yeah. I'm picking KU forty two thirty three. I'm 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 standing by it. Yeah. I think that I think that they play two two games in a row, like I just said. Uh, I think I think uh Deerman is is who he is. I think I think that Stanley's who he is now. I, I, I think he's the player that we saw last week because he has a he has a coaching staff that is, that believes in him and that is behind him. And I think that, that that is everything for a quarterback. It's just like a point guard in basketball. It's just, it, you, when you have a coach and a coaching staff behind you, it makes you a different person. Yeah. He knows that. 
And he knows that if he if he goes out there and he throws the ball to these these receivers, that obviously, I mean, they showed it on Sports Center top ten number one that they'll go get it. <laughs> uh, so I say forty two thirty three KU and. Uh, we leave this homecoming weekend happy. Good deal. Well, I hope you're right. <clears throat> I hope I'm wrong. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, and I, and I don't get me wrong. I feel like we should win this game. Um, it's just tough for a team that loses has been losing for a decade to get them to start winning. It's a, it's a it's a whole different culture. Um, these uh, most of these guys on the team have lost so many games in their college careers. Just it's not fair, um, but when you set that, when, when when that's what they're used to, it's hard to change that. It's hard to win. Um, you know, it's not. It's it's more than just going out and preparing. Um, there's a culture. There's a mentality to it. So, I think until KU gets over that hump, it's going to be hard for me to predict them to to win these games. Um, you know, which is why I have Texas Tech winning uh, thirty-eight uh, to thirty-two. Um, you know, so <clears throat> I just think at this point, I, like I said, I, I do feel like we should win this game, but I think what's really going to happen is, um, is that whole, uh, mentality is going to kind of come into play, um, where it's just going to be Kansas not facing Texas tech, but you know, up against themselves to get over that hump. And I think, uh, they're just going to fall a little bit short, um, you know, and again, if we win, I'll eat crow, and I'll love it every bit of it, every bit of it. Um, but until Kansas can put together two good games in a row, it's just kind of where I'm at at this point. So, um, but again, things are moving forward. So, if that was the ending score, I'd be disappointed that we didn't win. But at least we're competing. That, at the end of the day, is what we're looking for this year: is to compete. Um, so. <clears throat> Having said all that, I'd, anything else you want to add about this game, about the Texas game, about um, the border war, anything like that, anything we've talked about tonight? I don't have anything to add about <clears throat> what we talked about tonight, but I have some updated uh, record books rankings. If you would like to hear those real quick. Yeah, let's go. There's not, there's not too many. There's not too many, but... Uh, first off, Carter Stanley is moving, moving up, which is fantastic. Uh, Carter Stanley is now ranked eighth in career passing yards with, uh, 3,856. Carter Stanley for, for, uh, the season, he's still, he's, he's still down, but if he keeps the season average, this year, which is 212 yards, he's going to move up to sixth in season, uh, single season passing yards. Uh, career touchdown. He is, he is currently tied for fourth with 29. If he keeps up his season average, he's going to move up to number two behind you know who. And, uh, cause he'll never catch him because he, I, I looked it up. He has to average 12 passing touchdowns uh, for the rest or for the year to 
uh, beat Todd Reesing. Yes. I don't think if we if he had twelve passing touchdowns a game, I think we should win. That's just me. But I would hope so. Uh, <laughs> uh, single season uh, passing touchdowns. Carter Stanley is up to fifth. If he keeps up his average, he will move up to third, and he will beat the 2009 Todd Reesing. Uh, Todd on that and list. then we have uh, Puka Williams. He, ha- he he hasn't moved up in the rankings yet, but he is getting very very close. Uh, his career, for career, the number ten uh, rushing yards is uh, two thousand two hundred forty five, and he's at seventeen sixty. So there's a good chance he already moves up at, in his second year. For, for rushing yards and then single season, he is 490 away from being tied with eight for, for a season, season, a single season rushing yards, which would actually be tied with himself. Uh, but yeah, those are the main, those are the main ones. Uh, Andrew Parchment, if he keeps kind of going, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna be in the single season. Record books with, uh, with touchdowns. He's at five. Steven Sims and a whole bunch of other people with, along with Desmond Briscoe are, are tied for eight, uh, with seven and Parchment's at five. So they're moving on up. Uh, it's a good offensive year and uh, we keep improving. We, we still have five games left. Uh, so, so look forward to those numbers going up. Yeah, and the only defense we're going to face that's going to give us really <clears throat> any issues maybe K-State, um, but K-State, I feel like they give up a lot of rush yards. Um, their pass defense mm-hmm. has been pretty solid, I think. Uh, so I think we could we could expose that with Puka. We have the best running back in the conference, um, I feel like anyway. Um, but uh, And then Iowa State. They're, they're always a really tough defense, but... Um, they they still been um, susceptible to to give up some points too. So um, we'll see. But I mean, either way, very promising offense is is, is taking a turn. Uh, it's going to be exciting this finish. So get to the game and definitely get to the booth. It's homecoming weekend. We have a chance to win. This could be huge. And if we do win, guess who we have next? K State. That'll be. Uh, huge Ow. as well. So it'd be nice to get two wins in a row. How about that? That'd be crazy. But um, yeah, so yeah. I think we. Can, I, I honestly think we can do it. Yeah, it, I, mean, I don't see that there's. I, I don't see the only loss that I really see right now is Baylor, hundred percent. And I'm sorry that people think differently, but that's who I. That's the number. That's the thing. That's the only loss that I really see is Baylor coming up. I, I I see no no reason why we can't win four of the next five games. Yeah, um, I've watched Baylor a couple times this year, and, and um, they've been on the right side of these games. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, they're good. They're obviously good because they're what seven and zero now. Um, so I mean, they're obviously good, but I think they've also just been on the right side, and um, they haven't played Texas yet. They haven't played Oklahoma. I don't think they, mm-hmm. they they did play Iowa State. Uh, they beat Iowa State, I think, by one point. Um, you know, so they're 
I don't know. I'm, I'm more concerned about Iowa State, honestly, um, than I am Baylor. So we play them. We play them at Ames. Yeah. So that's and we have Baylor at home, I believe, right? Or are we at Baylor? Yeah. We have ba- we we have Baylor at home. That's our last game of the year. And let's let's start back in the booth and 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 showing teams that you know they've got to worry about our crowd a little bit. I know it's nothing compared to what a Baylor crowd, home crowd is, but yeah, you know we we we've got to pack it. We've got to show show our support there. And um, man, we have five games left. Yeah, we could finish four games to bowl eligible. Yeah, uh, let's do it. I go four and one at the end, and we keep it going. Yep, absolutely, I agree. <clears throat> yep. Um, well, I don't have anything else to add here. Um, I will tell you to uh, um, make sure you're following both of us on Twitter, and, and um, Ryan has a, a Facebook for us as well. You can follow me on Twitter if you're not already. The Fitz KU and Ryan, go ahead and give him your info. Uh, yeah, follow me Twitter Hawk underscore Jock, Facebook Hawk Jock KU, and uh, we'll be out. At, we'll be out uh, at, on uh, lot or in lot fifty two at about eleven thirty on Saturday. Come by, swing by, hang out. We got bags. We. We'll have music, uh, maybe a TV. Don't know yet. Still working on it, but go on by. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, uh, we appreciate you listening um, and look forward to hopefully seeing some of you guys at the, at the Tech game. And uh, you guys have a wonderful night and rock chalk.